This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sean Ross at Managing Editor, Fightful.com. FightfulWrestling.com. It is September 24, 2019. It is the last SmackDown Live review ever because it goes back to just being SmackDown next Friday. So I don't know when, if we'll ever do another Tuesday show. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? My God. I am joined by Alex Palowski. Alex, how you doing? Well, it's the end of an era, Sean. Um, you know, like the the SmackDown Live era starting off with the draft and hey, that, we're gonna um, eulogize it later like that was like that that's it's been a crazy three years to think it's only been three years but it's kind of interesting to see where this is all headed i mean just the idea of smackdown being on friday and how they're going to have to alter the pay-per-view schedule around that kind of a thing it's going to be interesting to see so we, we've got plenty going on at Fightful.com, of course. The Wednesday shows remain with Jimmy Van, and uh, Wednesday night I plan on being here with Alex and Warren every week. Uh, the media call last week prevented it. I don't expect those to be a regular thing, so uh, I should be on there with them regularly. Warren will be with us Friday on SmackDown, and we have Denise every Monday on the post-Raw show. The pay-per-view shows will be a bit of a, a just a revolving door, whoever I find that fits best. At that time, I wanted, and he wanted, Jeff Hawkins to do a run-in on this show to eulogize <laughs> Tuesdays. Unfortunately, the new method makes it not as easy. I can't just send yeah. somebody a link and then them join, unfortunately. But right. all you guys got to do to join in on this conversation is donate a Super Chat. We will read your comments or statements on the air. But hey, if you want to answer or ask as many questions as you want and have me answer them, Join Fightful Select. This week I'm doing a Q&A show. You can ask as many questions as you want over there. I will answer them all. And next week I'm coming back with another one, but not just me. I have one and Jimmy Van has one. Uh, the Backstage Report podcast won't be happening next week as we're switching schedules. So we decided to bring you two Q&A shows next week. That's three over the course of two weeks, four over the co course of three weeks. Just an insane amount of stuff. We've got a bunch of retro reviews, lots of stuff over there. Uh, but right out of the gate, we have some super chats. 
Young Bibby says, I'm disappointed that Carmella won't be involved with Bailey and Charlotte at the pay-per-view. They made her look weak and her ring ability has improved. Do you see a Bailey versus Carmella feud? I do see a Bailey versus Carmella feud. Just not right now. I don't think she looked weak at all. Um, I think she lost a match and that was it. I think she lost a match. I think, I mean, listen, Charlotte is Charlotte and the, uh, and Bailey is the current title holder and they've booked Sasha like a weenie for a lot of the time she's been back. So she needs a strong win heading into her match, uh, with, with Becky. I mean, it seemed obvious to me who was going to take the pinfall or the submission loss in, in Carmella. I don't think she looked bad at all. Yeah, uh, Aaron J's fan says NXT will be shown in Canada at 7 p.m. on Fridays. Uh, Tim Traver says, I love the Fightful family a lot. We love you, Tim. I even brought back the, the sexy lighting like the old SmackDown shows I did. <laughs> My God, we're talking Jinder Mahal era lighting here. Oh, yeah. Because it was a dark day. We're going to talk all about that, even though Alex was only here for, I, I want to say, about half the run now. Wow. About half about half of it, yeah. Yeah, man, that, that's weird to think because it felt like it was much longer that we didn't have you. Because, for. yeah, I I wasn't on the Tuesday show yeah. during the Jinder Mahal reign. Oh, boy. So I, I didn't get a chance to, to, to be all triggered about, uh, about that show during that time. Uh, Zachary Schimmel says... This one's for Alex. I'll miss your analysis of shows and matches for WWE and, of course, the rants. I look forward to the future AEW rants. Well, Alex uh, does have a segment in the works, Sour yep. Graps. I'm very excited for that. You won't be without Alex. There will be times where I be, I'm oh, like, yeah. hey, uh, Alex, why don't you just fill in here? Maybe Denise misses an episode. Warren misses an episode. Uh, some pay-per-views here and there. You will still get Alex rants. Uh, don't you worry. Um so that that is not something that you guys are going to miss out on. Also, big thanks to Zach. Uh, we put a December to Dismember pay-per-view retro review in the can. Myself and Zach did. Uh, you son of a bitch, Zach, for recommending that. <laughs> My God. I, it was that and AWA Super Clash 3 back-to-back. My God. Justin Lopez says, we want Buddy Murphy back on our TVs for Alex. Now, here's the funny thing. As we kick off this, this Rowan situation, when this Rowan attack unfolded people were like look how many people it got over it got Mm -hmm. buddy murphy over well for about three weeks i mean listen no it got him over they decided to not do anything with him once he was over like it it totally did its job and then they said no 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 we're not gonna do anything about that now uh so that's that's their problem the the angle did get him over those matches did get him over and then they said just kidding go back to catering well rowan defeated daniel bryan uh rowan comes out cuts a promo we get the uc second sentence in it drives me nuts alex drives yeah. me nuts you see you people I mean, I, honestly, I, I feel like some of the stuff that he says at least makes sense from a character standpoint. But you don't got to say it like it's a goddamn Scooby-Doo right. cartoon. It, it makes sense that Eric Rowan would feel this way. And it does seem like that's a crutch that they either tell some tell people to like... Uh, sometimes uh, if you're working with an, uh, an actor, because I've been an acting coach, if you're working with an actor who has trouble like memorizing certain lines, you like give them certain things that they can say that's not um or uh, that's a transition that makes the, gives them a time so they can remember. I don't know if they're just teaching everybody at the PC. If you need to, if you need a second, 
to transition to your next thought, just throw in a UC. It'll be fine. Uh, it's not fine. It's bad. Don't tell them to do that anymore. Or it's actually scripted and Eric Rowan memorized the UC. Yeah. If that's the case, that's even worse because you guys got a whole writer's room who can come up with something better than UC. And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those meddling security cameras. Like, I'm just waiting for it. Ugh. Uh, Rob Wilkins with a super chat says, Riggs and Murtaugh, how you doing? SRS, do you know who Casey Michael was referring to with that possible tryout? He made it sound like a big name. Love, Rob. I don't. Uh, Casey is so much more plugged in the Performance Center and the tryouts than I am. There is nobody better than Casey yep. Michael of Squared Circle Sirens with that stuff. So uh, I'll say this. Whatever name that he says, if, if he says it's big, I'm sure it's big. Also, uh, Zach Schimmel says, quit losing to Melissa and win the Fightful Championship. And the, sh the terrible retro reviews will end. Hashtag Melissa cheated. Melissa did cheat. You can watch that in full on YouTube.com slash Fightful. In case you guys are listening on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, wherever the hell po you can find podcasts, you can listen to this show. I I'm told that I don't plug those enough. We have a SoundCloud. You can download these directly at FightfulPods.com. We have a full website dedicated to this, but I know that some of our audio viewers or listeners did not get to see uh, Melissa cheat, but it happened. Daniel Bryan comes out, interrupts the, the promo, and just says that he wants to face Rowan now. What was the first thing you noticed as soon as this match started to happen, Alex? Because for me, uh, it was the frame rate. Yeah, see, the thought I, I I would need to like watch clips of last week's or or weeks before prior, like up next to because I don't notice that kind of stuff. Like I, I'll take everybody's word for it, but it's it's one of those things where I, I just I don't I don't have that eye to be able to like oh yes, this is a noticeable different frame rate from last week's episode without having recently seen last week's episode. I think maybe I mean, and you watch a lot of stuff, but I mean, gosh, yeah. I'm taking in 20 hours of content, sure, of weeks. So when that happens, I can I can notice that. Uh, I asked why it happened. I don't know why it happened yet, but I, I will find out for you guys. Big body press outside the ring leads us to a commercial. Brian goes low on Rowan and really works his leg over well. Really great. You know how I always used to mention Alex that Rowan's always trying new stuff. Yep. He did that here. He he had a power slam set up, threw Brian up into a suplex, and then hit a jackhammer. Very yes. cool. Very yeah. much. I love that. Yeah. I, I I I would say I'm cool with him doing that. That's that should be a secondary finisher, if not his finisher. Like a, a guy that size doing a jackhammer to a guy Brian's size, Brian shouldn't kick out of that. Yeah. Like you should figure out a way of making that not like your third or fourth transitional move to get a to get a near fall. Um but I, I did I did appreciate that. Um uh yeah, and you're right, he does. He always tries out new stuff. Uh I I will say I did like the working over of his leg. Rowan needs to sell that more. Like limp or or work out the knee, like try and like work the joint out a little bit as he's walking around. He didn't do any of that because and Brian was really working that leg hard. Rowan needs to sell more on offense. Yeah, I, I agree. That, that was one of the things that I noted there too was that there, there wasn't really anything after that jackhammer, and Brian worked worked it over really well. Uh, yep. Rowan is in control. He caught Brian on a suicide dive, but Brian takes over. It is great. To hear those yes chants again. 
Yeah, it's nice. And it's, I, I, re- it, I really, I really think it's it's a really cool thing that they figured out a way of like this weird ass uh, Roman Reigns being almost murdered twice storyline. Somehow they're trying to build a new uh, top, at least near the top heel. They brought back Luke Harper. Um, uh, Daniel Bryan has now done a face turn. That's wild. Uh, Roman like Reigns almost getting murdered turns him face. Yeah, turns Daniel Bryan face because the whole time we were sure it was Daniel Bryan behind the whole thing, and like a lot of conspiracy theorists in my mentions are like, "Uh, no, Bryan's going to turn out to be the mastermind behind the whole thing. Just you wait." And I'm like, "I wouldn't put it past them to do that, but let's let's hold off on that conspiracy theory at this moment." Yeah, considering the fact that. When Luke Harper came out after Brian hit the yes kicks and the LaBelle lock, Brian takes him out, Harper out, and then gets iron claw slammed into the ropes. Yeah. That was horrifying. It's awesome. Like, I immediately hit up Jeremy and Carlos, and I was like, hey, put that in our fight size update. Daniel Bryan takes a nasty bump. Yeah. Like, because it looked amazing, and they really struggled to get him out. Now, here's the thing. You could tell Rowan was trying to help him get out. Don't do that. Don't. Yep. Don't. That makes it look too fake. Why the hell would Rowan try to help him out? I mean, the the next thing that happens is he is the iron claws him again and gets the pin. Yes. You can't pin him if the guy's foot is in the ropes. He halfway so he, tried. He, did you see that? Yeah, he did. I was like, yeah. Uh, I think he wanted to, to 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 get the pin on his old uh, on his old you know boss, quote unquote, in his in his view. And he can't do that if he's in the ropes. But you know, throw a couple of fake stomps at his, you know, at his upper chest. Do something. Uh, that that bump was was disgusting looking because not only did he take it directly on the back of his head. By the way, Daniel Bryan, could you you know cool it with those? Uh, but also the way his his knee got in there. Like I feel like if he was taller or shorter, one of the two, like it really could have messed up his knee real bad with that with that leg in the ropes thing. That was almost a tragedy and we're i'm really glad that he he appears to be okay yeah we'll uh keep an eye on that but he seemed fine he did eat another slam right after that and rowan got the pin rowan's gone from the guy that lost to the rock in six seconds to a guy who's gotten two really big wins they they don't have you beat roman reigns and daniel bryan if they don't have something for you uh this is this is very interesting uh reigns then comes out and makes the save Brian asked the crowd if they want to see them kick Harper and Rowan's asses, and the crowd chants yes. That was a neat way to get that yes chant. Yeah. And to get Daniel Bryan to sort of endorse that yes chant at that. Yes. Yeah, because he didn't like it uh, when he was a heel, and now he likes it. Um, this is fine. This is good. Uh, it's a weird thing where, like, you definitely, we definitely now really want to see. Uh, Roman and Daniel Bryan team up and get a victory over the bad guys. But it's way too early for those bad guys to be picking up losses. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting way of figuring out how you're going to, how you're going to book this feud. But, um, uh, I, I'm just really happy to see Harper back. Uh, I think, I think it's kind of cool that he's, because everyone kind of viewed him, I think, as the leader of those two guys, him and Rowan, when they were the bludgies. Uh, I'm so and, glad that dumbass name is gone. Yeah, um, me too. Um, now they're just they're, they could be the metalheads because they wear those dark metal shirts. Um, 
Yeah, I'm I'm glad to see this whole thing working out. The only person it didn't work out for is uh, Rowan's future looper self, who was murdered in a cornfield somewhere and left. No explanation. Left, left for dead. Yeah. Like, how do we not get an explanation of why that was a thing? I, it, be, because it was so unbelievably stupid. They know there's no possible actual interpretation for it. They brought in a, an absolute doppelganger for Rowan, except 20 years older, and then never mentioned it again. They brought him in as reasonable doubt. And then when a grainy footage was shown from an op- opposite angle that could have been either Rowan or his older self, they said it was obviously Rowan. They never mentioned the other guy. Like it was such a complete crazy one-off that's been retconned out of existence and, you know, with good cause. It was so terrible. Just just real unusual stuff. Real unusual stuff. <clears throat> um, we have more Super Chats. Richard Chase says, one-on-one, Denise versus Melissa. Melissa's too lazy to do that. IG the King says, saw you on Going in Raw. Loved the ladder match idea. Yeah, I did a little uh, video for Steven Larson. Good friends of the show. Really, really like those guys. A couple of A-plus dudes. Uh, happy fifth birthday to them. Uh, up next, we had Kofi Kingston doing a sit-down interview with Michael Cole. Nothing groundbreaking here. Same with the Becky Lynch thing. Yep. What did you think of this? I mean, it was it was Michael Cole sitting down with Kofi Kingston to talk about Brock Lesnar. I mean, it is it's it's what it is. I mean, it's it's a it, this is a tactic that they use to get over the babyface champ. Um, you know, like they make him seem more human and you know i, I want to root for that guy because i think he's got a nice smile like something stupid as, as simple as that i was about to say stupid it's not stupid it's as simple as this guy seems relatable as opposed to i love all of his entertaining stuff he does in the ring or he's so much fun when he throws out the pancakes or whatever just he seems like a guy i could sit down and have a beer with i like the cut of his jib i'm gonna root for him like, it, it does remind me a lot of uh, the Lex Express when they were trying so hard to get Lex Luger over as the ultimate babyface. And he had all those sit-down interviews with, with Vince McMahon. It, it didn't work because we were like, this guy is the narcissist. Why, why, why are we rooting for him again? Um, but I think this, this can work because Kofi is naturally relatable. He's a, he's a good guy. Like, you... You want to hang out with him. He seems like a really cool dude. So it, it works in this sitting, but it is ultimately window dressing. Yeah, this this was just – it was fine. It was something to get them out there for another week without having them out in front of a crowd to just get old. Chad Gable comes out, makes a short joke about himself, then complains about not winning the last couple of weeks. I really think that would have been better suited with an interviewer. I say this often – when a babyface comes out with a microphone and starts bitching to the crowd, yeah, it's 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 really hard to sympathize with them, Alex. And all he's got to do is have a Renee Young, have a Vic Joseph, have somebody out there saying, "How do you feel about how things have unfolded the last couple of weeks?" Then he's been prompted. Yeah. Then he is he has a reason to bitch because he yeah. was asked about it. Right. It does feel like also. It felt like I don't know if they if they if it this was the case, but it felt like he was just out there to talk, and then Mike Canellas comes out and says, "Hey, let's have a match instead." Uh, so I, I don't know what Chad Gable's big plan was and why he was even out there. Like 
hey, I asked for some mic time so I could come out and say that Baron Corbin's a jerk, and I don't like him very much. Thank you for your time. Goodbye, everyone. Like, that doesn't seem like the best strategy to, to get over or, you know, get people to root for you. But, I mean, I'm fine with this because I, I honestly really love all the matches between Baron Corbin and Chad Gable. That thing last night was great. Like, there were so there were several ways that I think this could have been written better. Gable, one, uh, having somebody to prompt him. Two, Gable shouldn't have made a short joke himself if Canellis was about to come out and do the same right. thing. That's right. one step above Charlotte telling everybody in the ring, oh, I'm, you're going to end up looking like Ellsworth. Then two seconds later, Tamina goes, you better watch your mouth or you're going to look like Ellsworth. I'm like, okay, well, they just said that. You don't got to go there again. And poor Mike Canellis was scripted uh, to say it, but he did throw in the size matters line, which I thought was, <laughs> that was I thought it was funny because of the nature of the Maria thing. But I, no, I no, nothing, everything, re- Alex. nothing uh, involving the Kakorama that is the Maria Canellis storyline is funny. It's just not, <laughs> not to me. I just don't find any any of that funny. So I'm I'm anytime I'm I'm. Frankly, I'm I'm surprised they had the restraint not to do the Maury Povich thing they were teasing on Twitter. I'm sure that'll come next week for the Raw uh, season premiere. Well, you know what? Whether you want to come this week, next week, two weeks from now, a year from now, on Fox, on USA, whatever the hell you're doing, BlueChew.com can help you out. You know, size matters to some people. Some more than others, but performance is the key, guys. And Blue Chew can help you get there. Maybe you're like Chad Gable, and you do come up a little short, but you need that extra push. And you want that push to be sustained. BlueChew.com has the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, stuff that's worked for decades. So you know they work, but they work a lot faster. They work a lot better, and they're cheaper. They're prescribed online by uh, Blue Chew's doctors, Blue Chew approved doctors, and they ship straight to your door, discreet package. Nobody knows what you're getting in the mail. They just know the type of package that you're delivering once you give it to them. You don't have to wait in line at the pharmacy. You don't have to do any of that. They make it simple for you. It's prescribed online, and it's uh, made in the USA as well. So, I mean, hey, you got that behind you. You got that behind you. Maybe you're one of those guys that you're like, I don't want nothing from Taiwan. Well, you know what? Blue Chew's made in the USA. Comes straight to you. It's super quick. Gets in your system a lot quicker too. Empty stomach, whether you've eaten, doesn't matter. They got you covered over there. And we have you covered when you use that code FIGHTFUL. You get your first shipment free. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. $5 shipping. That's it? That's it? For an erect penis? And really good performance in the Sackaroo. Damn. Hit them up at Blue Chew on Twitter. Let them know that you heard about them from us. And you know what, guys? This isn't for somebody that has a problem. It can be. Maybe maybe it is. But it's just for that extra performance. You know what? Alex, Brady Anderson had a great year in 1996, didn't he? 50 home runs. Yep. You know who had a better year? Barry Bonds in 2001. Mm. He hit 73 homers with that sustained push. I'm not saying that Blue Chew was a part of that because it didn't exist then. I'm simply making a comparison. (sighs) Performance is important. Up next, 
we see uh, Chad Gable squash Mike Kanellis. Chaos Theory, ankle lock. Sure. I'll tell you what I wouldn't mind seeing, Alex. Somebody yeah. just normal-sized or Gable-sized have a series of squash matches. Have we seen that? Like, not monster size, not Braun, not Nia, not War Raiders. Mm-mm. Just just that guy. Like, Anderson Silva ran through the UFC roster. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't look particularly imposing, even for yeah. his weight division. I, I mean, there's there are certainly enough guys um, within, let's say, 20 to 25 pounds heavier than Mike Gable, uh, Matt Gable, <laughs> Chad Gable, uh, uh, that um, that he could squash in this manner. And and these are guys who are who are names who are on the current roster who are not doing anything. Who hey, listen? It's catering, or you get squashed by the little guy. So. You get squashed by a little guy leashed on TV. Um, I think that would be uh, really cool, actually, to see that. I don't want him doing, you know, guys from the local scene who who look like they just, you know, came came off the line at the local factory. I, I want him doing this to real people who are who would who are taller than him and outweigh him by by as little as ten pounds, as many as thirty pounds. And he just beats him because he can, because he's that good, because he's a former Olympian. And 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 all the at, at some point, the short jokes, the little stuff, it has to stop because he made you stop it. Because he beats up guys who are bigger than him because he's that good. That would be a nice way to silence all that crap. I'd like that. Elias popped up on the Titan Tron, so he's back at least in that. And I like him being back in that setting. It's a little bit yeah. different. I, I they. Sh- Shane said he broke his ankle. Yeah, that's. I had heard, uh, at least internally, there was fear of a break. Okay, so I'm, if that's the case and it's not, uh, fine. If it is, and all he like, if you're gonna if you're gonna have an extended push of uh, Chad Gable, um, and if you need an extended push, you know the rest. Um, then I wouldn't mind being like 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 Elias for as long as he's out. Like cutting these pre-taped promos where he, you know, keeps like being the only guy who still doubts uh, Chad Gable the whole way through all this stuff, uh, and then finally when he is healthy, they can have a series of matches. That's cool with me. I like that. I think it's a good way of keeping Elias on our minds and not like fading into the background and not having him get beaten all the time. Right. Oh, God. Yep. Charlotte asks R-Truth backstage if she's seen Carmella. Truth covers for her, but they chat about their match. And we don't see necessarily babyface overtones with or undertones with Charlotte. She's just she's doing the same thing. Yeah. She's doing it to heels, and I'm okay with that. Mm What do you think of the interaction there between Carmella and Charlotte? I think what you said is right. I mean, it seems like they're they're, they're, you know, Carmella seems to be like um, just – fighting for what's right she doesn't like that her old friend bailey is turned you know at least somewhat to the dark side um and charlotte is always out for charlotte um she just hap as you said happens to be facing people who are on the evil side as well charlotte the charlotte is not neither heel nor babyface charlotte is charlotte and charlotte looks out for charlotte and that's the way it works 
And actually, I really enjoy that. I don't, I do, please don't ever try and get her over as like a white meat baby face ever again. Just let her be the, the most selfish player in the game. And, and, but she doesn't play sides. She's not like, I'm with you because you're a good person and I'm against you because you're a bad person. And later on, I'll switch. No, no, no. She's only for Charlotte and she fights whoever gets in her way. I think that's a really good way of keeping her like, as important as possible. I don't want to compare like Steve Austin to Charlotte, but Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, uh, Kurt Angle even to some degree. They kept a lot of the things that made them popular as heels. Obviously, Angle wasn't calling everybody idiots and using like the three eyes when he turned babyface, but you saw a lot of those same things. The Undertaker, when he was a babyface and when he was a heel, still heavy influences, and they weren't pandering all the time. Right. Like, I'm sure they did sometimes. There are some exceptions, but, but, uh, Bailey turned on Carmella with the quickness in this match. Like, they, there was mm. the question mark, are they buddies or whatever? Bailey yeah. attacks her. I, I don't like the sliding chin lock. Sasha doing the old pretend I'm going to hit a running strike and grab the chin lock thing. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's funny on an indie show. I don't like that here. I don't. Uh, Charlotte gets a hot tag and applies a figure four to Bailey, but Sasha does a meteor to break it up, which I loved. Thought that was yes. great. That was a re- that was an all timer of a break up the submission on my tag partner. That was so good. I like that a lot. Just seamless, perfect. I, I yep. really dig it. Carmella's. I offense- also I also just as the next thing which I also love is dragging your incapacitated partner back over to your corner yeah. so you can make the tag. I always love when tag teams do that. Love that as well. Carmella's offense looked so much better this week than last week. She does a super kick party and then a tilt-a-whirl into the bank statement, and Carmella taps out. Uh, all the SmackDown women come out and chase down Carmella. I thought this was a good way to get Carmella the hell out of the ring and away mm-hmm. from the situation. Eliminate yep. her from the equation. R-Truth just took her, got her out of there. Also... The SmackDown women's roster is much more stacked <laughs> than the Raw. Yes. Raw, oh yeah. my God. Like you yeah, had... well, you know, they, they, they don't have anybody for Lacey Evans to beat, so they had to import Ember Moon for a night, let her job out to the worst sharpshooter in the history of wrestling. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, my favorite part of this was Kyrie Sane using her telescope while running. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Becky Lynch comes out, tosses around Boss and Hug. But to close the show, Becky Lynch is getting interviewed, and Sasha Banks attacks her, grates her head on a cage backstage. What did you think of the Becky uh, attack at the end of this match and the return attack from Sasha Banks? Uh, you know, Becky coming out is not a surprise. She she loves to you know stick her nose in stuff, and I think that's great. I don't think she was actually saving Charlotte. She just loves messing with people. Like like if there's a fight. Becky Lynch is going to be in the middle of it. And I think that's a really cool, like, part of... of Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Her uh, makeup as this, this version of Becky Lynch. I like that a lot. Um, they really tipped their hand with with the backstage brawl when uh, the the KO challenges Shane to a to a ladder match, and uh, we only have twelve seconds left in the night. Let's go backstage to a random interview with Becky Lynch to close out the show because that happens all the time. So it was either uh, uh, Sasha Banks uh, uh, sneak attacks her and punches her in the back. Or she runs a forklift into her. There's only one. I, I, I almost thought do. that was going to happen. There's only two things that can happen. Nakamura defeated Ali. Ali almost ate it right out of the gate on a suicide dive. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, the action is fast and furious here. This was a good, uh, albeit short, match with the commercial. Nakamura does one of his best sliding German suplex, and Ali had some great offense. The super kick, the tornado DDT. And that Tope Hilo is one that you all should go check out. Ali yep. does a Tope Hilo over the ref, almost over Nakamura. But it connected enough to where you can tell that it, that it hit him, which is good. But then Ali lands on his feet and rolls through it. That was a sight to behold. That was great. Zayn distracts Ali long enough for the Kinshasa to hit. And I'll tell you what I like. Corey Graves stepping up. One of the things I loved about Bobby Heenan as a commentator was in so much of the criticisms of babyfaces, there were elements of truth. There was a lot of truth here. Graves says, Ali can blame himself. He let Zayn get in his head. He let Zayn distract him, and he ran into Nakamura's knee. I liked the match. I liked a lot of the spots in the match. The booking of it keeps the Intercontinental Champion strong, but still gives Ali a reason to want to dislike these guys. Zayn continues to be good in his role. Uh, how'd you feel about all this? Well, I mean, only the cream of the crop in baby faces and WWE get to be this stupid. And this like, Hey, you a friend of the man I'm fighting. I have a, I have a beef with you right now. I'm going to chase you directly into my opponent's finishing move. Uh, only the very tip top baby faces get to do that. So, uh, so this means, uh, this never happens in line three. Yeah, exactly. No, no, never happens to him. No, it's, uh, it's doesn't even happen to Mike Kanellis. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, but I agree all the, uh, I, I really love this Ali being fed up with all of the BS. Like, cause there's, there's just, uh, if you will follow him on Twitter, there's a lot of his stuff where he's like, he just, seems angry that that it never seems to be working out for him which i hope isn't preceding a, a heel turn because that would be really bad um because i think they wouldn't be able to they wouldn't be able to um resist doing the muslim is a heel thing um but i do love it if it just fired up baby face but this then leads to him having a temper and wanting to just wring sammy Zayn's neck and then getting caught by a kinshasa uh, but he did look really good against Nakamura up until that point. 
So it seems like this feud might continue, or like with the previous Nakamura feud, they might just drop it at the you know immediately and never mention it again. I don't think they'll do the Muslim as a heel thing. I don't think they'll do that as the reason he's a heel. I think they're they're beyond that at this point. For I hope so too. New Day defeated B Team. B Team getting some offense surprised me, but I think it was legit just to do the B Train, which yep. Biggie joined in on, and then they beat him with the Midnight Hour. This is harmless. It was fine. I'm okay with it, and I'll tell you why I'm more okay with it. You haven't been on the post Raw shows the last couple of weeks, but yep. Whatever they did with the War Raiders and those jobbers worked. Whatever it was, because my God, those guys have been getting insane reactions. For yeah. for Ivar or Eric picking up Ivar, just mm-hmm. scoop slamming him back to back weeks. Great reactions, hot reactions during their entire matches. It worked. So if New Day want to crush some jobbers for a while, cool man. I'm yeah. all right with that, especially if they're former tag champions. Haven't beat Hawkins and Ryder. I'm okay with that. Don't care. Fine with it. Also, George Kittle out there went to the same college as Big E. They did not play football together. If mm. you told me that he was Darren Drozdov's son, I would believe it. They are yeah. built the same. They look similar. He's a great tight yep. end for the 49ers. you got to get him across the ring from Gronk in the WrestleMania Battle Royal next year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is all fine. Uh, you know, New Day gets to get the crowd up and psyched and – Biggie gets to be funny and join in the uh, the, the the B train. Um, by the way, uh, the the this this has its roots all the way back in what were what were the the, 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 the were misfits? What were they what they call themselves? Heath Slater and Adam Rose and, and Bo Dallas. Social outcasts. That right. That the bow train began way back then when I was just reviewing main event for this for this website. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I had a, a very uh, love-hate relationship with the, with the bow train, and I'm glad to see it come back. Uh, it's, I've missed it. I mean, the Hawkins – or not Hawkins. Uh, Axel and Bo Dallas yeah. are just the preeminent jobber tag team. You throw them yeah. out there, they get beaten. And the thing is, they've been together pretty much for four years at this point. Yeah. January 4, 2016 is when social outcasts form. So yeah. f- some degree from the social outcast to the Miztourage to the B team, these guys have kind of been around. And you know what? Solo, I don't see much use for them. I really don't at this point. They tried with both of them. And honestly, I thought that Bo's gimmick was hilarious. The, yeah. the victory lap and all that stuff was so funny. I thought yeah. the Torito thing, like that was hilarious. Uh, I really thought that that should have culminated. I thought that for months he should have won by banana peel wins. It mm-hmm. should have led to his WrestleMania moment. He's got Journey playing him to the ring. Don't, Don't stop, stop believing. Yep. And then he gets beaten in six seconds. Yeah. That would that would have been Bo Dallas's WrestleMania moment. However, yeah. that's gone. So what he's doing now is fine. And occasionally you'll get like a tag title run. Somehow you get yeah. it. Harmless in this role. Uh, I like yeah. it. The George Kittle stuff is also good. Yeah, I agree. The, my, my my ultimate fantasy booking for Bo Dallas uh, in his uh, you know motivational speaker type thing was that he would have I don't know some kind of Coquina Clutch esque uh, sleeper hold that he would put guys in, and the whole time he had it in there, he would keep telling them, "Come on, don't give up, don't give up, come on, fight through it, 
Come on. And when the guy finally tapped out, he, he'd, he'd, he'd get over him like, I am so disappointed in you. And then he'd leave after that. Like, that would be this thing that he'd always tell the guy who he was trying to tap out not to give up, to keep fighting. And then the guy gave up, and he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd, then he'd beat him up after the match because he was so disappointed in him. That was, my, that was my thing that I pitched a long, long time ago. Guys, make sure you all leave a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe. Also check out our uh, Fightful MMA podcast midweek finale. Uh, we're putting that show in hiatus. Have another idea coming up soon. But we went down memory lane. It was a lot of fun today. Uh, Showdown Joe has been with us since the very beginning. So go show that show some love as well. we still got news videos, post-show podcasts on the MMA side. Otis gets a selfie with Mandy in her Maxim magazine. And then this match, which I didn't think was good at all, was a commercial for the match. And part of the reason, or a commercial for the magazine, rather. One of yep. the reasons I did not think it was good was because there was a spot where Kyrie was supposed to kick the magazine out of Mandy's hands. And she whiffed, Alex. Yep. Yeah. Whiffed on it. Uh, the Kabuki Warriors work really well together. Sonya dumped Kyrie outside the ring. Kyrie hits her sliding elbow. They win with the Codebreaker Insane Elbow. That's fine. It makes sense for Mandy to lose because she's too hung up on this. But the yep. they got to get rid of the you will never look like me thing. It's so stupid and cheesy and unbelievable. It's bad. It, we don't buy it. We just don't yeah. buy it. Yeah. It, it's, it's, <laughs> um, yeah. It, I, leave it to Otis to be the, the one guy who still reads Maxim. Like it's, it, I, it's <laughs> just, he's absolutely that guy who still has a subscription. It comes in the mail. Um, no, I, I, I think that's fine. Uh, you're right. Mandy should be taking losses if she's so hung up on herself. Maybe this leads to a, you know, a, the threat of a split between cause Sonya was like, Hey, stop handing out magazines. we got a match. Maybe Sonya gets resentful that, that Mandy is, is so into herself that they're costing the matches. You have a story there. And I get to see the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kyrie Sane, who, let's be honest, you're, 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 you're giving another mystery push to Lacey Evans over on Raw, and two of your top ten women you have on the roster at any level are, are Kyrie Sane and Asuka, and they, they have been on TV in, in what feels like months. So I'm really happy they get back on TV. They have, let's hope this isn't a one-off where the, like, they're only being used to show that Mandy is too hung up on herself, and then we don't see them again for another month. I, I really love them. Together, not so much. I don't know how they're not working really fantastic as a team, but I love them individually. I just want to see them more on TV. Little plug for Anna Bowert's Patreon. I did a series of shows with her. One is already up. One will be up, I think, tonight. Uh, ch- or tonight, Australia time, rather. Check those out. Those were a lot of fun. Uh, we we just talked for a while, and then we reviewed her episode of Behind Mansion Walls, which was on Investigation Discovery. Alex, I don't know if you know this. I actually knew who Anna was before she was on Fightful and didn't realize it. Because, as I've mentioned to you, I'm an Investigation yes. Discovery fanatic. Yes. So I had seen her on things before Fightful. Uh, we did a watch-along for that, and it was so much fun and uh, really informative. Go check that out and show Anna some love as well. Also, I, I have a thread on uh, my Twitter of a lot of Fightful personalities you all can follow, like Jeremy, Carlos, Robert, and uh, a lot more. So make sure you guys check that out as well. Shane McMahon brings his lawyers out and Kevin Owens. He says if Owens drops the lawsuit, he's reinstated and gets his fine money back. But Owens says he wants a match. 
McMahon wins, he drops the lawsuit, and Owens is gone. If Owens wins, Shane is gone. And it's a ladder match. And I'm cool with this. Sure. Probably going to be good. But I know that yeah, you no, hate it. No, listen. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I don't hate it. Well, I'll, I, I'll hate it if Shane wins. Then yeah. I will hate it. Because every match that Shane has to lose, right? Question mark. Like the one versus the Miz at WrestleMania. Like that was all set up for the Miz to have a crowning achievement in WrestleMania, defending the other honor of his father. Nope. Whoops. Nope. Like all those matches versus the Miz. Whoops. Nope. Roman Reigns. Gonna, he's, Roman Reigns is going to beat him, right? It's Roman Reigns. Whoops. Yeah. Nope. Like that's the thing is that I, I'm I, I love the idea of this match. It's going to have like if if Shane is going to go away for a while, then absolutely he could do some crazy spots in a ladder match that that would be like okay I I'm I'm fifty I'm yeah. going to heal up from this now like maybe that's the case uh, and like Kevin Owens and Shane Mac have a long enough history that it makes sense for him to be the one to send Shane away. But yeah. I, I will I, I I will hate this if Shane wins. I, I mean, all, Owens all needs ways, to bring up I'll his history it. with the McMahon family in totality, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. that would be good. Jimmy Van, who for some reason sent a super chat, like he owns the website. <laughs> if he wants me to read a comment, he doesn't have to plop down four dollars like Canadian. Is it like a tax write-off if you donate to the, to the YouTube channel of your own sure, website? I'm pretty sure it is. But he says, like your mug, which I don't own and have never seen. I what? I don't know what he means by that. Well, first no. off, you all had the mug shipped to me. But uh, I, I don't know. Do you mean like like this? This that you get if you're a Fightful Select subscriber at that champion tier? I, I'm, I'm not sure what you mean. But his avatar on YouTube is that horrible latex face of mine i don't get it i don't understand it uh but you all can uh, also not understand plenty of what jimmy van says every wednesday 6 p.m eastern on uh fightful.com's listing your boy and now on fightful select every week bottom tier we do the list goes on usually about 10 15 extra minutes of uh list and your boy uh, subjects, Hannah Moore, one of our mods, says, I like my mugs. I finally got it. you damn right. I shipped that thing last week to her and Rob Wilkins. But, Alex, we're about to talk about SmackDown Live. Yep. Came into existence three years ago, and believe it or not, Alex, it holds a place very dear to my heart because the the invention, so to speak, the reinvention of SmackDown Live really coincided with the formation of Fightful. Like, True. Right there. I, I told this story on the Fightful MMA podcast today. When Jimmy Van had hit me up, his team was like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll target August. And I was like, no, 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 no. We got to have at least some sort of soft launch in July. Brock Lesnar's fighting in the UFC. They have three shows that week. There's two pay-per-views that month. There's a WWE draft. Of course, uh, there was a brand split coming. SmackDown was going live. Eventually, Brock and John Jones both failed drug tests, so... It was important, like, that we, we had this launched and we had this, this going. And SmackDown Live, I think, pretty quickly became the A show yep. as far as quality, Alex. 
Yeah, it did, and that, uh, certainly for the work rate, and like, it was there was the quote their, their thing they kept saying land of opportunity, guys that you didn't think were going to get shots got shots. Uh, that was kind of cool. Plus, like really, the thing that made SmackDown SmackDown for those first few months was talking smack. Like that became there was there was a a question I remember of whether or not to hold off doing the post SmackDown yeah. podcast until after talking smack. How good it because got. so much stuff got broken in there. At least I mean I was I was doing like I was the the assistant editor at the time, associate editor or whatever. So I was like finding like news stories in stuff people would say on 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 talking smack. That I mean that talking smack is always going to be. Uh, remembered so fondly because it got over people who didn't deserve to be, who didn't, wouldn't have a chance to get over otherwise. Like, like a Baron Corbin, like, hey, this guy can talk if you just let him talk, you know, like not actually, you know, put a script in front of him. Um, all these, Alexa Bliss was always golden on there. The Usos were so much fun. And The Miz, like, catapulted himself and his career into another stratosphere with that legendary promo. Uh, but SmackDown itself, I mean, from the very beginning, with their uh, six-pack challenge to see who fights Dean Ambrose for the title at SummerSlam, and it was all these all these guys. Apollo Cruz was in it. Kane was in it. Like Kane was a, like a, a full-time superstar back then. Bray Wyatt was in it. Uh, AJ Styles, and the guy who wound up winning it, which was a great match, was Dolph Ziggler. And this was back when nobody was tired of him yet. We were like, "Hey, cool! They're gonna put over Dolph." Like it was a it was a cool thing where like people were coming out um, and 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 getting a chance to actually do something on TV that they wouldn't be able to do before when SmackDown was taped and yeah. it was kind of like just a rehash of whatever happened on Raw. That land of opportunity, I think, really happened for the women and yeah. several women in particular. Becky Lynch rose to stardom, not just stardom, superstardom on SmackDown. Charlotte Flair became a franchise player on SmackDown. Natalia got reinvigorated on SmackDown. She was yeah. an afterthought. Now, uh, for better or for worse, she is involved in uh, the in the title picture fairly often. And the success story that I always like to tout, and I think they should bring up, Carmella, who was the last yep. SmackDown draft pick. And she's yep. brought that up. The last SmackDown draft pick. And she has gone on to just, just incredible success. Now there were some some losses along the way. There was Eva Marie. There were the Vaude villains. There was Brizongo who never did anything. There was the Ascension. Uh, but but look at what Naomi became a champion. Yeah. Got got a WrestleMania moment out of this. The Usos were able to to reinvent themselves again really? and yep. became just to the point to where you send them home, you don't fire them. That's how good yeah. they got on SmackDown Live. Yeah. Uh, Alexa Bliss. Yep. Look at Alexa Bliss. She got called up. And people yep. were like, really? Is she mm -hmm. ready? Is and she man, ready? And she, she ran just, with the ball. She really did. Then you got yeah. the Miz and Maurice, Alex. My yeah. God. And, and you can say what you want about the Miz right now, but look, they, they got a good year and a half of just amazing stuff out of that guy yeah. because they let him be creative. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 feud that I that I remember uh, a, a lot from those early days was that triple threat: uh, Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles, and John Cena. Where they just put those three guys in the ring with mics and let them shoot on each other. 
<laughs> like that was that was a lot of fun. I mean, th- that was during that time. Like th- those first few months of SmackDown when they were really trying to like, hey, SmackDown's a real thing now. You should totally watch it. They were letting the the big the big guns on that show do a lot of the heavy lifting, and it and it really soared. Um, you you say Brazongo never did anything, but they gave us the Fashion Files, yeah, which, that's was a a good to- point. which was a total uh, like it was a shooting star. Like, yes. like it came out of nowhere. Everyone loved it. It was a huge thing, and then they just let it fade S- away. Such a dark period in my life covering That's this show true. that I kind of That's, blocked out. But you're yeah. completely right. Yeah, and At, we'll, we'll talk about that. The, the next big acquisition change was the superstar shakeup, and that wasn't a good thing. We you got no. Rusev and Lana who ha- who got themselves over over and over and over again to have just their legs cut out from underneath them. A shame. However, New Day came over to SmackDown. That they they became, I thought, the brand for a while. Yes, yes. Them and AJ. But Jinder Mahal came over. And all due respect to Jinder Mahal, and he the guy works hard, but that was a very, very dark era in covering this show. The first set like eight, nine months of covering SmackDown was so much fun. And then I had to listen to people say, at least they tried something different. At least they tried something different. There was nobody in their right mind that thought this was a good idea. Nobody that watched it executed thought this was a good idea. And nobody, by the end of it, could look back and say, man, that was a good idea. Nobody. This was a dark, dark era that they did just because of the Indian market. That was it. That summer of 2017 could have been so much better with almost anybody else. Yeah. Um, the thing that, 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 um, what, why I believe the fiend is resonating so much with so many people is because I feel like people saw the creativity and the brilliance that, that was there in Bray Wyatt and, uh, it wasn't just wasn't being utilized. He was having they were having him cut the same promo every week. He would talk about how he was a god, and then he would lose matches, and it wouldn't change any of his thoughts about himself. He would he was just this insane person. Um, and and you talk about the Jinder Mahal summer. Let's not forget that that spun out directly from the um, what was that the haunted house match, whatever the hell they called that thing between uh, between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. That 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 feud, which included Bray Wyatt, audio visual champion, projecting worms into the ring at WrestleMania, um, and Randy Orton in the most obvious like, hey, dude, this guy's not actually your your underling. You know that, right, Bray? Why are you so stupid? And they could have put Luke Harper into the main, main like the, one of the main events of WrestleMania and said, no, no, we're not going to use you ever. And his, his trajectory from there. But after Mania, we got directly into the Haunted House match and and actually at the Haunted House match. After the Haunted House match, right then. I mean, the that's, House of Horrors? Yeah, there you go. Which, which um, by the way, another great moment in Fightful history where Jimmy yes. Van offered to buy it. Offered to buy me the house, but I had to live there. <laughs> And I considered it just because they had Google Fiber. In the area. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that that was when Jinder Mahal stole the the, the title and, and drove away in a limo. And then from then on out, it was like, oh my god, are they really doing this with Jinder Mahal? What the hell? 
and and that whole summer was was spun directly out of the darkest part of what Bray Wyatt was like as as bad as he was and now he's he's come full circle and he's the hottest thing on the other brand and so yeah for, it's for kind every, of amazing. for every bad story that we have there are some good ones and then there are some that are a little bit of both do you remember how over Heath Slater and Rhino got yes absolutely and uh, i said it several times and it's unfortunate especially looking back now yeah. James Ellsworth was the worst thing that ever happened to them yep. because when James Ellsworth showed up and he was good at the comic relief, you can say what you want about him, but he was good at it. They didn't need Heath Slater and Rhino anymore to the point to where they were off TV completely. Heath yep. Slater is one of the more consistently entertaining people on that roster from a comedic standpoint. Those guys got that tag team division over and it yep. was awesome. The The skits back then of yeah. Rhino at Heath Slater's trailer and like with the cheese and crackers and all that yep. stuff. It was perfect, Alex. Like yeah, there's there's stuff that Heath Slater is is was incredibly underrated as um as as that kind of a, a performer. Uh also like that people people loved him and Rhino together. I think it was so great. And there's the the thing about it is that he's still there. You could do sort of stuff with him. If you gave me, I don't know, a, a weekend sitting there talking with his Slater and some other people, I could come up with a pretty amazing uh, 24-7 angle where Heath wins the title and then barricades himself in his mobile home with, with his all of his kids, and they do like a Home Alone-style thing with, with like uh, like all kinds of booby traps all over the place and all the, you know, the, the, the jobber types, the Mojo Rawleys and the EC3s and the Drake Mavericks and the R-Truths I'll try and sneak in around the perimeter and and they can't because of amazing like redneck booby traps they've made because because Heath realizes the only way I lose this title is if I go to work. Yes. So I'm calling in sick and I'm staying here because every day I keep it I get a bonus in my paycheck. And he enlists all of his kids. You could do all kinds of stuff because that guy could absolutely carry a really great comedic angle but they don't use him anymore. You know one of my favorite things about the early days of SmackDown Live was their willingness to bring in people who just didn't work for the company. Like, that tag team division wasn't deep, so they were like, you know what? We're going to bring back the headbangers, because why not? (laughs) And they're like, "Uh, you know what? The Spirit Squad are available. Yes. Let's bring them in. Let's see how it works. Yeah. It was – it's wild. And there are teams that I almost forget that were teams, like the Hype Bros and – and yeah. American Alpha, who looked poised to be oh, special. Oh my god, they really, they really did look like they had a huge future ahead of them. And it was, it was just such a fun time then too. And there was a lot of optimism about Fightful itself. And you know, I was, I still am super motivated. But I would, after the shows these days, there's really nothing outside of 205 Live. I, I checked that out and. As I'm typing stuff up, but I remember after the shows back then, I was like, I got to watch Talking Smack. I got to see what they said. I got to see – just because it's good content. It's just good stuff to take in and watch. It was really entertaining, and uh, we missed that. And they they found out very quickly that Daniel Bryan was – Daniel Bryan and Renee Young were the special ingredients there. Yeah. And not only that, Daniel Bryan as GM was very good, Alex, or or whatever the hell he was. The thing I liked about him, and it's something that, that was really highlighted, was his ability to close plot holes. Whether it be yes. on the show or on Talking Smack, he would just mention one thing offhand, 
He would make sense of things. I love that. Corey yeah. Graves is really good at it these days too, but he, right. Daniel Bryan, was just exceptional at it. It is ironic then to think that he's at the center <laughs> yes. of the biggest plot hole, which might or might not involve time travel, of bringing future Rowan back from you know back from the year twenty fifty to do this angle. Uh, it's a huge plot hole, and they're just not letting Daniel Bryan close it. So SmackDown Live is uh, is now dead. It is SmackDown again. It will be on Friday moving forward next week. I will be here with a live post show with Warren Hayes. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed our stroll down memory lane. I'm sure we'll we'll take more in the future. This was kind of fun to do. We have some more Super Chats. Rated our Super Star had sent one last night and said, Welcome, Denise. You are wonderful, smart, and funny. The new host of Fightful also Frank Aguilera says, Alex, thank you for being a great co-host for three years. Your dad face a couple of weeks ago was epic. Glad we'll still have you for the AEW shows. And you'll still have him for Sour Graps. God yep. damn it. Subscribe yeah, and, to Select. Yeah, AEW and NXT. Like yes. there that that is now, at this point, a third equal brand yes. of WWE. And if you've been listening to me on the post takeover stuff, um, a lot of people are like, man, I just wish you would cover a show where you actually liked what you were watching because I don't like seeing you so so upset. Like, if you like watching me when I when I like a sh- when I'm watching a show that I like, NXT is gonna be lit. Yes, like that's the thing. Uh, I was I went to Alex and I was like, hey, think maybe we need you on something that you can more objectively review. And he said, okay, yep. And we we're doing it now. Uh, King Junie says, R.I.P. Sat morning here. In Australia, when SmackDown goes to Fox, yeah, that's true. Warren Hayes says, yeah, the new era, the Hayes era, which I call the less tall than SRS era as well. But, guys, thank you all so much. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Make sure you guys subscribe Wednesday. we got that Wednesday Night War podcast. Did great numbers last week for us. We have the list in your boy. Make sure you guys tune in. Until next time, we're out. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big.